You're listening to the Reese Heath 100 podcast. Each episode, we speak to past staff and students about their memories of Reese Heath over the last hundred years. If you have some great memories to share, we would love to hear from you. Please complete the form at reeseheath100.com or call 01270 625 131. So it's Liz here for the Reese Heath 100 podcast and we're recording today at the Cheshire Showground. We're having a, a lovely day. The weather is holding off and we are, we've got a, a lot of different things going on. And one thing in particular we're doing is inviting our Reese Heath alumni to us to have an interview. So there is a little bit of background noise, but we have a visitor to the stand who's a very important uh, member of the Reese Heath staff alumni. And uh, so we're going to have a little bit of a chat now to Jeff Briggs about his career with Reese Heath. So Jeff, start me from before you actually did two stints with us. And and um, overall, I think that came to about 30 years or so? Yes, that's right, 30 years. Okay, so let's go back to the very beginning. And in fact, before the beginning, when you um, started at Reese why did you start with us? Where, did, where had your career got you to that point? Well, it's an interesting story, really, because I had, didn't have a, an agricultural background at all. I came from Preston, Deepdale. People might know Deepdale, where Preston North End are based. And um, I started working on a farm when I was in my sort of early teens. And I just loved it. They used to call me Farmer Giles, and I loved it. So uh, that was my career path, and I, I planned to go to college, become qualified. Then I didn't know what I was going to do, uh, and then it just became fairly obvious that teaching would be quite an attractive uh, opportunity for me. So I went to Lancashire College, where I did National Diploma in Agriculture, and when I was there, there were quite a few former Reese Heath students who'd done NCA at Reese Heath. And frankly, we got sick and tired of the name Rees Heath because they were so enthusiastic about this place in Cheshire, which could do no wrong. And, uh, and I was brought down here by, by a pal, a chap called Joe Clark. And, you know, it sort of started to rub off on me a little bit. When I, when I came to the place, I thought, hey, this has got something about it. Anyway, I went away to Essex and I did some agricultural engineering. And whilst I was there, I was called into the principal's office. They were suggesting that I went to the Royal Agricultural College to teach engineering. And I thought, wow, I'm not going to do that because huge groups of uh, hooray Henrys. <laughs> and I just didn't think I was going to be able to do that at all. So I, I gave back word. And, uh, and then an opportunity came at Reese Heath for three teachers of agricultural engineering, farm machinery. Came for interview and lo and behold, I got the job. So that was September 1968 that I came and uh, within two or three days I met this uh, this woman, this girl, Sue Upton, who was teaching in the dairy department and you know one thing led to another and uh, within a very short time we were an item and within 10 months we were married. Oh good heavens. Yes, yeah 10 <laughs> months. Anyway I stayed for seven years teaching farm machinery, thoroughly enjoying it, thinking Reese Heath was a pretty good place. Then I went off to the West of Scotland College to teach agricultural engineering, farm machinery. Oh, and it couldn't hold a candle, I'm afraid. It was a great disappointment. But we enjoyed living in Scotland. Sue had been a student at uh, West of, West of uh, Scotland Agricultural College, so there was a, a double link there, really. I then went off to uh, the East Yorkshire College at Bishop Burton as a senior lecturer, and I stayed there for three or four years. 
And the opportunity came up when Roy Kettleborough, the then head of engineering at Reese Heath, when he decided to retire or to move on, the opportunity came. So I applied for it and lo and behold, I got it. So I came back in 1981, 1st of January 1981, I was officially employed as head of engineering. I love this story because I, I've only been here just a, a few months and to actually hear these stories of different people and different names mentioned that I've also heard from other, other interviews I've done, it's absolutely brilliant, really nice to hear. So uh, let's now go on to your, your second stint and your longer stint at Reese Heath and uh, find out a bit about that. Right, well the story continues. Uh, 1981, Head of Engineering, following Roy Kettleborough, who'd been an absolutely superb Head of Department. He was my boss when I first started and a really good mentor. I mean, we talk about mentoring and, you know, mental health and all this sort of business now, but Roy was a past master. He was really good at bringing on people and that was a tremendous introduction to the teaching job. Anyway, so I was following these, uh, these very big shoes, which was not easy. Uh, and I stayed in that job until 1988, when Peter Thorne, the then vice principal, retired. No, he didn't. He moved on to be principal down in uh, Berkshire. And I applied for, applied for the job, and lo and behold, I got it. So that was uh, early in Vic Croxon's time. So he was the new principal, and I was the new vice principal. And that coincided with working closely with Cheshire Local Education Authority, and they were superb, by the way. They really were a, a wonderful authority. But unfortunately, because of the political situation nationally, there was a Further and Higher Education Act which came into, into effect in 1993, and that took us away from the local authorities, and we were then an incorporated company. And we had to, uh, we had to make our own way in the big wide world of further education. And of course, that's quite threatening. Yeah. We'd had a very good, almost paternalistic local authority, and we were pitched into the big national uh, yeah. national theme. But we managed. We changed quite a lot of things. We introduced a lot of new programs, things like Countryside and Equine and some of the food programs. Oh, right. Lots of things started then because yeah. uh, we had the freedom to operate in the way we felt best. Yeah. So we were doing uh, higher education for the first time. Um, I did quite a lot of negotiating with the likes of Harper Adams College and uh, Chester University, Chester College it was at the time, and uh, you know we, we came up with memoranda of cooperation in order to do the higher education programmes, whereby the senior organisations had the academic control, but we actually ran the programmes. And that worked very, very well really until I retired. And I retired in, uh, I'm just trying to remember, I left the vice principal role in 2002, I think it was, and I left Reese in 2004. Right. And, uh, and there'd been a tremendous amount of change in the previous 15 years because of the Further and Higher Education Act. Yeah. But Reese I always think it's a little bit like Trigger's Brush. If you've watched uh, <laughs> Only Fools and Horses, um, Trigger's Brush was one that had, what was it, four new heads and 17 new handles, but it was still the same brush. <laughs> and that's what happens with Reese There's a theme runs through the college yeah. and it's always the same, but it's very different, yeah, if yeah. that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Good analogy, I like that. So you could say you you're part, you were part of the, uh, the, the founders of the University Centre and trailblazing our HE offer. Well, I'm not trying to uh, claim any undue credit, but yes, that's when the higher education really started. And we learned how to 
were the higher education principles. You know, we were working with the Senate's. Uh, Liverpool University, for instance, was the, the Senate which controlled Chester College and Harper Adams became a, a, a university centre and, uh, and they were very good. They were very helpful. I mean, uh, the likes of people like Alan Costley and, and, uh, and the, the then principal, they were very helpful to us and we had a very good working relationship. Yeah, so brilliant. higher education really started then. Yeah, brilliant. And have you been back to the campus uh, since? Do you, do you make regular visits? Have you, have you met Marcus? Oh, I've met Marcus, certainly, yes. Uh, I do come back periodically. I said that uh, at the beginning that uh, Sue and I met at Reese Heath and 50 years later we had our golden wedding celebrations at Reese Heath. Lovely. Yes, uh, so we had family and friends join us. Our two daughters uh, remember Reese Heath very fondly and I was just saying to Mark Walton that uh, both of them made sure that they were photographed under the cedar tree on their wedding days. Uh, you know, that's the sort of influence that Reese Heath has had. Not just on me, not just on Sue, but on the whole family. Yeah, that's really lovely, really lovely to hear. Well, it's been uh, fantastic talking to you. I know you've got lots and lots of stories to, to share. Anything come to mind? Any funny stories? Or do you want to name and shame any uh, colleagues that you might remember? Or, or funny times with students that you'd like to leave us with? Oh, now you've caught me on the hop there, Liz. <laughs> that's, that's not easy. Uh, I think I would say this, that there were more characters allowed to develop in education in the early days. Uh, nowadays, there's a commonality required in the delivery of programmes and in the administration of programmes. So that takes some of the individual individuality out yeah. of, uh, of people. But, uh, oh, things, people like Mike Pemberton in engineering, he was a complete renegade uh, and he was well known for his yellow peril. He had a, a, a yellow Citroen DS, uh -huh. which could be found all over the campus. Lovely. Frequently never driven, but uh, and the principal was always asking him to take it off. And uh, he never did, he just moved it. <laughs> yes, that's the sort of thing Mike did. Yeah. And yet, you know, he was, he was a complete renegade, but very, very well thought of by the students. Yeah, yeah. And he probably got more Christmas cards from students than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I'd have to think uh, for, for others, but yeah, there are quite a few characters. Well, we've got a, a year of uh, podcast to fill, so you keep thinking and come back with lots of uh, funny stories for us over the next 12 months. It's been fantastic talking to you. Just before we do go, tell us what you're doing now, because you're involved with lots of things in the community. So uh, you, haven't, you haven't retired quietly and uh, gone to your garden, have you? What do you do? That's a good question. Uh, we had five of our elderly relatives who didn't have anybody to look after them. So we persuaded them to move from Northamptonshire and from Lancashire down to Cheshire so that we could look after them. And uh, my dad, uh, he, he suffered cancer and he went to see an oncologist at uh, Lane Hospital and he had to wait for four hours to see this chap and my poor dad was in a really bad way and I thought, well, this isn't right, this is wrong and I complained to the hospital. And uh, well, it led to me getting involved with the hospital and I've done quite a lot of work and still continue to do work. I've been a layman representative on the divisional board of the uh, Medicine and Emergency Care Division. I, I'm involved with sampling of patient opinion. Uh, I'm also a member of the Resuscitation Committee of all oh, things, right. which is a strange one. Gosh. 
Yes, uh, so I've, I've done lots of things over the years since 2004 when I retired from Reseed, but I'm also a trustee of the End of Life Partnership, which sounds pretty morbid, but it's not. It's aimed at making life better towards the end of life of normally elderly people, not always, but normally elderly people. And I work with mainly ex-nurses, real professionals, and absolutely committed to improving the life of old people. And I, I find that very satisfying. And nice feature is that my daughter, Catherine, she's also a trustee of the same organisation. And that's lovely. Yeah, being on a committee with my daughter. Yeah, how lovely, how lovely. <laughs> well, thank you very much indeed for your time, Jeff. It's been lovely to talk to you. And uh, you really are a, a, a big key part in the history and heritage of Rees Heath. So it's a better place for your, your input over those 30 years. Thank you very much indeed. I think that's probably gone a little bit over the top. I feel I was very fortunate to be involved with the place and if I've contributed anything, then I'm delighted. Oh, thank you. You're listening to the Reese Heath 100 podcast. Each episode, we speak to past staff and students about their memories of Reese Heath over the last 100 years. If you have some great memories to share, we would love to hear from you. Please complete the form at reeseheath100.com or call 01270. 625131